Thanks for listening to Summit PA Sermon Audio, weekly teaching from the Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania. SummitPA.church, every life made different. Well, I am not going to cry because if I, do, if I start, I won't stop. So holding it together. But thank you all. I love you all. And I love being a part of this church. Well, before I get started, I wanted to recognize a few IUP um, students that graduated yesterday. And so we have Cyrielle Humbert, which she says it way cooler than I do because she's from France. (laughs) But Cyrielle, and I think we have Alyssa Lerda in the room. But is there anyone else that graduated from college yesterday? Anyone else that I'm missing? Okay. Can we just give these graduates? Yeah. And um, Alyssa, I like you, but um, I really, Cereal's mom brought me my favorite dessert from France, like from France, macarons, and like I'm obsessed with them, and she brought them to me <laughs> today. So um, I love you, Alyssa, but Cereal wins today. No. <laughs> But um, yeah, we wanted to make sure we always recognize our graduates, and um, and I'm excited to see what both of these ladies do with their lives. And um, anyways, well, I am so happy to um, get to talk to you today about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And um, my hope is that you are going to learn some things today that you have never really heard before, because that's exactly what happened for me as I began to study for this message. Um, I think that Mary is someone that we are all familiar with, whether you have attended church or not, um, because we've all seen the, um, the felt boards, we've all seen the figurines of Mary, we're all familiar with Mary in some sense. So, um, and of course, Mary has been, was a big source of controversy and conflict between Roman Catholics and Protestants for many, many decades. And, um, and so we know that Mary, um, Mary is, has a story, and I'm hoping to shed some light on her today for you in, in a different way. And I love, um, what Scott McKnight, he's the author of The Real Mary, what he says about why her story is important. And it says, Mary's story is that of an ordinary woman and also the story of a woman with an extraordinary vocation, being the mother to the Messiah, who learned to follow this Messiah Jesus through the ordinary struggles humans face. In this sense, Mary represents each of us, both you and me, in our call to follow Jesus. So why Mary's story is important is because she is an an incredible example of faith and, and pattern that we should look at in our pursuit of Jesus ourselves. And so let's go ahead and look at Luke um, chapter 1, verse 26 through 28, and learn a little about who Mary is. It says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. So let's talk about Mary. Who is she? Well, first of all, scholars say that Mary was anywhere between the ages of 12 to 15. So 
that kind of blows my mind because I have a 12-year-old daughter and I also have a 15-year-old daughter. And here this angel is appearing out of nowhere about to tell Mary some really big news. And I can only imagine, because I'm putting my daughters in her shoes, how scared and frightened and freaked out she must have been. Because I know me... uh, I'm 39, I would have been shaking in my shoes a little bit too. Um, So not only was she a teenager between the ages of 12 to 15, she was poor. She was also Jewish from an insignificant Jewish village called Nazareth that no one really knew about. It had no importance. And um, she was also engaged to Joseph, who was a carpenter. And then she was a virgin, which is kind of important in the story because um, she hadn't done anything to have a baby, right? To, um, so if, for those of you younger ones in the room, I'll um, get rid of the details, but basically <laughs> all the parents are thanking me. <laughs> but Mary was a virgin. She had not been with Joseph yet. And I don't know about you, but when I think of someone that is going to be made king, someone that is going from birth to royalty, I'm thinking of the British monarchy, right? That's like who I think of. I think of um, this royal line that produces kings and queens and prince and princesses, and they have these crowns upon their head, and they're of big notoriety and important families, and they have all this money, right? Is that who you think of too when you think of who is going to come as king? And, um, you know, of course, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle Markle are all the big story right now, and, um, and we Americans are, for some reason, a little bit obsessed by them, but I think it's just the whole prince and princess thing, but that's who I'm picturing when I think of a royal line. I don't think of someone like Mary, but here's the thing, is that God always chooses to do the extraordinary through the ordinary, Every single time, he chooses ordinary people to do extraordinary things through. And do you know why? It's so that he gets the glory. Because if, if we are a big deal and we have notoriety and, and God picks us to do something extraordinary through, then, then who gets the glory? We do right? And that's why God always chose the underdog. He always chose the people that, that they least expected. And, um, and that is the case with Mary here today. And I can imagine, first of all, this angel is appearing out of nowhere to talk to this teenage girl. And I can imagine Mary is like, oh my goodness, he just called me favored one. Because in her mind, she's thinking, I'm poor. No one knows who I am. I'm young. I'm not fully married yet. I'm engaged to a carpenter. And I'm from a city that no one knows where it is. But how many times have you felt that way when God's asked you to do something? I know that I did in, in high school. Um, I began to feel God calling me into ministry, and I could list off pages of reasons why I shouldn't be picked by him to do that. Um, I was from Granbury, Texas, a town that no one really knew. I um, 
was a peacemaker, and so by nature, my friends um, called me Swiss in high school because they said I was neutral like Switzerland, um, which they were trying to be nice, but it was really like offensive to me because I thought, I have a voice. I'm not neutral. My voice matters. And, and then I break out in hives when I would get nervous, like splotches all over. So in college, when I was preparing for to be a counselor, they were like, Kim, you're going to have to wear turtlenecks when you counsel people because you got to hide your splotches, which is not why I'm wearing one today, by the way. Um, I just wore one today. But I could come up with all of these reasons why God shouldn't pick me. And I, and I know that you all are the same. We all can, can tell God, but God, are you sure? Because I'm this, this, and this. Or I have, I've done this, this, and this in my life, and I should be disqualified. But God always uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. So in Luke one twenty nine, we see that, that Mary... Um, is really questioning things. And it says, but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. So when the angel greeted her, Mary didn't respond with, oh my goodness, this is amazing. An angel is before me. This is the coolest thing ever. I can't believe this is really happening to me. That's not what scripture says. It says probably how all of us would react if an angel just dropped out of nowhere and started speaking to us, right? She was greatly troubled. She was afraid. And in her mind, she was going through all of the questions, is this really happening? Am I imagining this? Is this really an angel standing before me? Because the Greek word here for discern means to bring together different reasons, to reckon up the reasons, to reason, revolve in one's mind or deliberate. And um, she was going through all of those questions to discern if this was really real. And how many of us do that when we're coming to faith? How many times do we, we question and deliberate? Is this, is this God thing really real? Did Jesus really come to earth as a baby? Did he really die on the cross? And Mary was doing that exact thing. Um, But I love it because Gabriel, the angel, he sees that she's afraid, and he responds to her in Luke 1, 30 through 33, and he says, And the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So you have to know that at this point in time, God had been silent for centuries For hundreds of years, there had been no miracles. No one had heard his voice. He was silent. And all of a sudden, this um, angel appears to Mary and tells of this Davidic covenant that was made with her people hundreds of years ago um, and was was told by the prophet Isaiah that this was going to happen. And she's thinking, oh, my gosh. Is this really, this is really happening right now to, to me. He's appearing before me. The Messiah is really coming. And, 
And the angel is comforting her here and saying, okay, Mary, this is how it's going to happen. You know, this is, this is you're going to be and, and carry Jesus, the Messiah, and he's going to be great. And he's going to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's going to sit on the throne of his father, David, and he's going to reign forever. And he will, his rule will never, ever end. And I don't know about you, but if I were Mary, I would have had all of these questions for this angel, right? Are, are you with me? And, and I can only imagine, remember, this is a teenage girl, and how many of you know teenage girls? They have lots of questions. And um, Emma and Abby would have, if this would have been them, they would have totally been firing off all of these questions to Gabriel. But what I find interesting is Mary only responds with one question, one. And it's a very practical, rational question. And she asks it in Luke one thirty four. It said, well, how will this be since I am a virgin? That's a really practical question, right? Like, okay, I'm going to bear the Messiah, but how is this going to happen, God? Because I'm a virgin. I haven't done anything to get pregnant. So in other words, this is insane. <laughs> how is this even possible? And being Jewish, not only was she a virgin, but being Jewish, Mary had been taught her entire life um, by her culture to not believe that God could ever come from a human being. So this was pretty unbelievable for her. So not only was this angel telling her, you're going to have and bear the son, um, the Messiah, and you're a virgin, and he's going to come as a human through you. So these two things were extremely unbelievable to her. And Mary responds like most of us do when we come to faith. We doubt. We doubt that it's real or that it's true or that God's asking us to do something or that he could even use us. We question. Um, she used her reason, her intellect, and then she asked questions. And Gabriel kindly answered her, and in Luke 1, 35 through 38, it says, And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, this child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. See, what God was looking for from Mary was a simple faith and a surrendered heart. And that's exactly what he's looking from us today. See, the angel just says to her, hey, Mary, this is how it's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you. It's his job to do the work. Then the, the God of the universe, he's going to cover you and protect you and overshadow you. And you're going to have a holy son of God. And just to prove to you that this is true, you know your cousin Elizabeth, who's really old and hasn't been able to have babies? Well, I just appeared to her um, husband Zachariah, and she's going to have a baby. So you know that's a miracle, Mary. So if I can do that, I can do this too, because nothing is impossible with God. God is looking for simple faith and a surrendered heart from us. <laughs> Mary didn't react like I would react. I would have then laid out all of my expectations and demands 
okay, God, if I'm going to do this for you, then this is how it's going to go. I'm going to do this, and then this is the step two, and this is step three, and this is how it's going to look. And you're going to go tell everyone in my village and all of my family members so that I don't get humiliated and they don't think that I'm a crazy person. How many of you, like, are in total control of your lives? No one. Good job. How many of you, your life has gone exactly how you scripted it? Great. I'm so glad I'm not alone. Because here's the deal. God is always reminding us that we are not in control. We can lay out our expectations and demands, but ultimately his plan rules and reigns for our lives. And um, Mary didn't lay out her expectations or tell God how it was going to go. All that she did was responded with simple acceptance and a surrendered will. And we see this in Luke 138. Mary's only response was, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Her answering this way doesn't mean like, like she wasn't like, yes, God, I'm all in. I'm super pumped about this. I'm going to be totally humiliated in front of all of the planet, and I'm going to be pregnant and not be able to explain it. This is great. This is the best day ever. I'm so excited about this, God. That wasn't her response. It was more like saying, God, I don't totally get this. Like, this really makes no sense to me. And I have no idea how this is all going to work out. But I know that I'm your servant. I'm the Lord's. And I can trust you. And I'm going to follow you. And I'm going to be obedient and do what you've asked of me. That's what God wants for us, too. That's how he desires for us to respond to him. Because he can be trusted. We often think of this story as this sweet, cute Bible story and these figurines that we have in our house somewhere, and that Mary is this meek, nice, soft-spoken young lady who accepted this so easily. You know, we picture her in a blue robe, and she's going around and just talking so sweetly and nicely, and let it be to me, God. But Mary um, was extremely bold. She was extremely courageous. And I believe that she was humble because you, you had to be humble to accept this job. And Mary was already humble. She was from a humble background. She knew that she didn't have much that was special about her. And she understood this scripture in Matthew twenty three twelve, where it says, Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Mary knew that she was going to have to humble herself even more. And because of that, God was going to use her in incredible ways. Because what she had agreed to was going to change the course of history forever. And she was ultimately not in control of any of the outcomes. All that she was responsible to do was to say, yes, I surrender. God, I trust you. I'll do what you want me to do. In the book Hidden Christmas by Tim Keller, he says, One reason we can give ourselves to Jesus is because we have a better view than Mary had of the eternal weight of glory that is being achieved as we obey him. 
But this cannot be the ultimate reason we surrender to him. Our greatest motive for surrendering to him cannot be for what he will do in us. It must be to love him for what he did for us. See, we don't surrender our lives so that we'll feel better, so that we'll have a weight off of our shoulders. That's not why we surrender. We don't just be like, okay, God, fine, I'll do it. It's your way. And we don't do it so that we can brag to other people about how we're, we're surrendering to Jesus and how we're better than other people. That's not why we surrender. We surrender and we serve him because he gave his life for us. He came as a baby, as a human, and endured suffering and hardship that he did not have to endure. God could have made him a king and made him royalty, and and he didn't have to suffer, but he chose. He knew the price that he had to pay for us in order to cover our sins, in order to forgive us, in order to be that sacrifice for us. And what amazes me about Mary is that she said yes to this without even knowing what we know. She didn't have the whole Bible. She had been told prophecies, but Mary didn't know how it was going to be scripted. She thought Jesus was going to come some other way. So if Mary could say yes without knowing what we know. If Mary could say yes without Jesus even having done anything for her yet, why is it so hard for us to say yes? Why is it so hard for me to say yes to him when I know what he's done for me? I get to read the whole story. God is looking for people who are willing to lay down their comfort and give a courageous yes to him. I think sometimes we think that if we give our lives to Jesus that it's going to be this cakewalk. And, and, and unfortunately, I think in some ways the church has taught that, not this church, but I think as a whole, sometimes we Christians can, can make it sound to other people, if you'll just give your life to Jesus, everything's going to be great. But how many of you know that's not true? Because Scripture is very clear when it tells us that when we surrender our lives to Jesus, He's going he's gonna to give us an abundant life, but we also are going to suffer. We're also going to endure hardship until we reach heaven. In Matthew 16, 25, it says, Forever, whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Mary knew that by giving up her plans and her agenda and her life, ultimately she was making way for the Savior who would end up saving it. And that's what God wants from us today. He wants us to realize that when we try to hold on to our plans and our purposes and our ways and our own lives, we're going to lose it. And we're not going to be happy. And we're going to be miserable. And our life is going to be a train wreck. Whatever we try to build up for ourselves, whatever try to notoriety or fame we try to do on our own, it's all going to come crashing down eventually because none of it matters. But what Mary understood is if she gave up her life one day, she would spend eternity in heaven. And she would find her life. 
See, Mary, when she said yes, she didn't say yes, um, I can't think of the word, but blindly. She knew what she was risking. And um, this was really fascinating to me because I hadn't really ever heard anyone talk about this. But because Mary was Jewish um, in the Torah world, which is what Mary would have studied, it was the Torah, Mary and Joseph because they were engaged or betrothed, were really looked at as husband and wife already, except they hadn't had a marriage ceremony and they hadn't had sex. And so they really looked at engagement as a significant commitment, as if they were already husband and wife. So not only was Mary engaged, but she was also pregnant, and Joseph was not the daddy. And Mary would have known because she would have probably maybe even seen this happen, what happened to women who were accused of adultery. So in that time, and in her world, women who committed adultery were often put on trial. They were publicly humiliated in horrible ways. And then, if convicted, they would have faced death by stoning. So when we think of this sweet little meek Mary who didn't know what she was getting herself into, that wasn't the case at all. She said yes, knowing that she could be stoned to death. But do you know why she said yes? Because she knew and she trusted God that what he said to her was real and that he was going to take care of her. To be a Jewish woman and pregnant before the marriage ceremony meant that many would question the integrity of her I do to Joseph. She was risking everything she ever hoped and dreamed. She was risking her identity that she had created for herself and that her parents had created for her. And um, I'm sure, so it says that when the angel um, told her this, then he just left. (laughs) You know, that's nice, Gabriel. (laughs) I'm going to lay this bombshell on you and then see ya. Good luck. I guess how I would see it. I don't know if that's how Mary felt. But I would imagine Mary is still like, did this really happen? Like, am I, like, am I actually going to get pregnant with the Messiah? Like, is this for real? And um, she went to her cousin Elizabeth because she needed to go to a safe place. And Elizabeth... Um, She ended up living there for three months with Elizabeth, and it all comes together at this point because Mary, as far as she was concerned, she was the only one that knew about this, and um, so when she arrives and once Mary speaks to Elizabeth, John, the baby that was in Elizabeth's stomach, leaps, and and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and then Elizabeth confirms what happened to Mary. In Luke 1, through 45, it says, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Now, I know... A lot of us women, we have this scripture plaque maybe somewhere. We've tweeted it or put it on Instagram. Blessed is she who believed what God promised to her. (laughs) But Mary did this on a whole nother level, right? So this angel appears to her, and 
and, and Elizabeth is finally confirming, hey, Mary, no one told me, just the Holy Spirit told me that the angel came before you and told you you were going to bear the Messiah, and I just want to confirm to you today that it's real. That's really happening. And so Mary responds by breaking out in song like a musical. <laughs> just, I'm not going to do that for you today. I know. You're very sad. I'll let Danielle do it for you in a little bit, okay? So it'll be like a team effort. We should have planned that, Danielle. So, but in <laughs> Luke 146 through 55, Mary sings a song called the Magnificat. And it says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. It just shows here that Mary is so amazed that God would pick her. My God, you're doing this and you're doing it through me? You've looked on me, a nobody, and, and you're gifting me with this to carry. You're trusting me. And I feel like that's how we should respond too when God says, hey, I want you to do this. We should respond with gratefulness and thanks that God would choose us to take his message to our friends and our family members and our coworkers and the people that are around us. It is a gift that we carry. And while Jesus, while God's not asking us to carry the Messiah in our womb, thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Mary. Because, <laughs> wow, that's an assignment. <laughs> We're being asked to say yes to a little bit more simpler things. <laughs> but we are asked to carry Jesus to our friends and family, and those that we love. But here again, we think that Mary is this meek and mild person, and she's singing this sweet song, but this is a song of like, hey, kings are going to come down. Their kingdoms that they think that they're building, they're going to fall because Jesus is on the scene, and he's going to reign and rule. Um, those that were exalted are going to be humbled. The rich are going to be sent away empty. Those that think they don't need Jesus are going to be sent away. So Mary was treading on dangerous ground when she was singing this song. It was a song of courage. She was declaring that Caesar Augustus was going to be brought down and Jesus would be lifted up. God had spent centuries preparing for this one day, this day that he was choosing Mary and he was going to save the world through a simple, poor, teenage, unwed girl. I'm just amazed because Mary has now embarked on a journey where she will have to embrace so much darkness and so much heartache when she has to watch her son be tortured and die young because we see at the crucifixion that she is there at the cross. 
watching her son be tortured and die. But she knew that was her job. Her job was to carry him and then give him away. Mary's willingness to surrender and give a courageous yes impacted us. It's impacted millions and billions and trillions of people and will affect all of eternity. And she was just a poor, uneducated girl at risk of being a social outcast. But with God, nothing is impossible. And I will have to say to you today, there's probably things in your life that you're just holding on to and that you know that maybe God's asking you to do. And I'm not talking about massive things for him. I think sometimes we think, oh, well, God's not asking me to do anything big like Mary, or he's not asking me to do this big, huge thing like leave my job. But, but what about talking to your coworker about Jesus? Maybe it's you even taking the step to surrender your own heart and life to him. Maybe it's surrendering alcohol to him because you know that it's become a vice in your life that you go to for comfort instead of him. Maybe it's talking to that family member that you just really can't stand about the love of Jesus and what he's done for you. What is the thing that you're holding on to today that's hard for you to surrender? Maybe it's your money and your bank account. Maybe it's the plan that you have laid out for your life and you're going to tell God how it's going to go. Here's what I know about Jesus is that if you surrender to him, it may not be a cakewalk, but if you surrender and say yes to him, don't ever underestimate what he can do in and through you if you put yourself in his hands. Because what I know about Jesus is that we are confidently able to say, Lord, if I do this, because you did this for me, <laughs> I mean, who else has given their life for you? Like, to pay for your sins. Like, I'm not just talking about giving birth to you, or I'm talking about, like, who else has paid the price to give you eternity? Anyone? No. No. He is the only one, so he has done something for us that only he could have given, yet it's so hard for us to say yes to him. But my prayer is, Lord, if you did this for me, then I can trust you and do this for you. You know, for, for me, like the last thing that I can think of was when God spoke to us to move here four years ago, and I realized that there was someone in here earlier that they live in Mongolia now because God called them to Mission Field. So I'm like, oh, that's way bigger than me moving from Oklahoma to Pennsylvania. <laughs> but we all have our something, right? But I remember when God was seemingly taking out us out of somewhere that we loved, and I really did say, God, I can trust you. You've proven yourself to me. And and my plans have not gone the way I scripted them anyways. So my life is yours. And he moved us here, and I couldn't have scripted it. I couldn't have scripted a place that I could love more or a people that I could love more. 
that he can be trusted and he can do it for you. And so as I close today, I just want you to think about these three questions and I want to invite the worship team to go ahead and come up and start playing. I just want you to think about these three things because I think we have so much to learn about Mary's faith that Jesus wants us to apply to our own lives. So in what ways have you disqualified yourself from being used by God? So it, if you're anything like me, you've had a long list. Well, God, I, I, but I messed up way too much. Or I'm too much, or I'm too little. Or, But what ways have you disqualified yourself from being used by God? The second thing is, have you surrendered your identity and your plans fully to him? You enter each day saying, God, not my will, but yours be done. See, when Mary said, let it be to me, I'm your servant, she was saying what her son would say, not my will, but yours be done, Father. She was pointing the way for what Jesus would do for us. So have you surrendered your identity and your plans fully to him? And the third thing is, what areas of your life do you need to put aside your comfort and say a very courageous yes to God? If everyone will just bow their heads and close their eyes and no one looking around. I know there's got to be some of you in here today that you say, Kim, my courageous yes is actually choosing Jesus. It's choosing to follow him and to surrender my life and my eternity to him. So if you're in here today and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus today, or I want to recommit my life to Jesus today, would you just raise your hand? Yes, I see you in the back. Yes, I see you over here. You can put your hands down. Anyone else? Say, I want to give a courageous yes and follow Jesus today. everyone will pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son to die for us. Today I choose a relationship with Him and I'm saying a courageous yes. Help me to follow Him. Help me to live a life that's worthy of him. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we just celebrate today? And maybe you... um, Maybe you chose to follow him today. We, we want to partner with you. We want to help you along in this journey. And there's one of two ways that you can let us know that you um, committed your life to him today. You can text the word salvation to 555-888, or you can fill out the salvation card in the seat back in front of you and drop it off in the boxes as you leave today. But I don't know about you, but um, how many of you just know that there's things in your life that you need to surrender to him and, and give a courageous yes to him? Would you just raise your hands? I just want to pray for you. Yeah, a bunch of you. So let's just pray today. God, I just thank you, Lord, that 
we have your word and we have these stories of real people with human tendencies just like the rest of us that you help us to understand how to live by faith and how to walk this thing out. And God, it's hard and you know that it's hard, but Lord, help us to know that we're not doing it alone, that when we say yes to you, you're going to give us the courage and the strength and the ability to do everything that you're asking of us. God, today we surrender our plans and our purposes to you, God, asking you to use us however you will. And that's terrifying sometimes. But God, when we look at what you've done for us, we know that we can trust you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for paying the price for us and giving us a life that none of us ever deserved. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all, and thank you so much for just allowing me to bring the word today. Um, our prayer team is going to be on either side of the stage. And if you have any needs at all, maybe you're sick or you just maybe need to agree with someone about a courageous yes you need to make, then please um, go to one of our prayer team members and, and ask for prayer. Um, we're going to go into one more song of worship. So if you all will please stand and just worship. We have a lot to worship and be thankful for today, don't we? I love you all. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas.